will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bed. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Hello and welcome to episode 431 of Fergon and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Join me as always is the Glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Going really well, Andrew. How are you? Yeah, I finally got a day off. It's been good. Yeah, yeah. Days off right. are fantastic, huh? Hey? Yeah, I only, I only get one day off a year, so this is it. Well, you had a good run. It was a good run. It was a good run. I get to have another 365 days of work now. <laughs> hey, Yay! Can, can can I try something? Can I can I pretend that I'm part of the corporate press? Sure. Just for a bit. I just want to see what it feels like. You okay. Know? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> hang on. Hang on. I gotta. I gotta uh, up my sense of self-importance here. I was gonna say on. this is some serious. I can take yeah. Lewis method acting going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not easy. I've got to up my self-importance and I've got to lower my self-esteem really low. Okay, I think I'm there. Okay, okay. These blowouts, we've got to do something about them. What, what, what can we do? I've got all of the answers, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, these blowouts, we can't allow them to continue. Ah! Okay, that's all I've got in me. I'm sorry. That's, that's all you got? That's all I've got in me. That's all that's, I've got in me. It's funny, they weren't too concerned about them when all the rule changes came in and they happened every fucking week. Yeah, it's it's funny that. It's really, really weird. And uh, oh, that's, and right. I, that's because it's still too close in everyone's mind uh, from when they actually started lobbying for them. I know, I know. And, and the other thing is, like, if there are blowout score lines, you have to look at why that is and you've got to sort of find a cause for them and then you've got to sort of find somebody that made a decision and, and we don't we don't want to hold anyone accountable here. Well, I mean, let's have a, let's have a quick look, shall we? Um, we'll, we'll look at the blowouts. So mm. South managed to score 22 points against Penrith. Yeah. That's not a blowout. Yeah. What the fuck happened to Penrith's defence there? I know, I know. Fell apart. Mm. Um, the the Warriors who got who conceded seventy points earlier in the year got beat forty eight to four by the second place team in the comp. Why is that a surprise? I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, the always dominant Melbourne flogged Brisbane, a team they've been beating every fucking year since <laughs> God knows when. <laughs> Brisbane haven't beat Melbourne in Brisbane for something like seven and a half decades or some shit, man. Yeah. It's just, and Brisbane have not been travelling well at the moment. They've been very, very Poor. inconsistent with their form. And yes. Melbourne knows how to exploit teams like that, evidenced by the fact they put 60 on them. Mm-hmm. Parramatta finally got their shit together and beat a team that's been sitting in the bottom half of the ladder for the last 10 years or so. Yeah. Um. Cronulla thumped a manly side that's completely broken. The Roosters mm-hmm. completely fucked the Tigers, who have been completely fucked all year. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragons and Gold Coast are just two dog shit sides, and Dragons just scored 46 points to their Titans 26. Yep. And then two struggling sides at the end didn't really have a close game. Oh, had a close game, 28-22. I don't know what they think is wrong. Look, I don't, I don't know about you. I don't know about 
you, Andrew. Okay, mm. but if I see one single round of blowout scores, I immediately think we need to change the rules, okay? Because I understand it was mostly top sides playing bottom sides and then you had a couple of teams that, you know, just fell apart. I mean, who would have thought that the Titans would fall apart in a, a football game in, in 2022? But I look at that one round of score lines and I think we need to overhaul the entire game. And I think, who do I look to? I look to uh, people like Phil Gould for their guidance because they don't overreact to every single fucking thing. Hang on, on. mate. Can I ask, how can you look to Phil Gould if the camera's off? Okay, so this is a story that was uh, was (laughs) scribbled by Danny White, Larry (laughs) Crayon, and it was uh, was in the Sydney Morning Herald, which is owned by Channel 9 because we only hear from 10 people from the corporate press about rugby league anymore. And it said that Cameron Seraldo held 10 clandestine meetings. Clandestine? Clandestine. (laughs) Remember, remember, do you remember the last I think I'm more impressed that Danny Weidler knows what the word clandestine is. Or maybe he doesn't, but he's used it correctly, sort of. In Danny Weidler's defense, he has said that he owns a thesaurus with an F. Um, Uh So he ten clandestine meetings, which I don't think anybody was talking about Cameron Seraldo going to the Bulldogs for the last eighteen months. Um and it, it was so clandestine that Phil Gould had them switch off the CCTV cameras. Well so, done, Gus. Yeah. Even Danny Wildler still found out. Yeah, so but <laughs> let's go through this, okay? So Phil Gould goes to the security people, okay, and he says, Listen, can we get the CCTV cameras turned off? in certain areas of the club because I want to bring somebody in that I don't want people to get pictures of and I don't want anybody notified about it. Can we do that? Kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? I think the security guys would have said, yeah, you know what, let me get in touch with all of the security cameras throughout the rest of Sydney um, and just try and get them to shut down traffic and then all of the traffic cameras so that uh, Cameron Seraldo can get a free unviewed run from his home to the Bulldogs ground so that no one knows he's there. Yeah. I, I would also suggest that if <laughs> I if I was in charge of security in a facility that housed uh, a lot of money, a lot of poker machines, a lot of, uh, well, just a lot of money in general, and yeah. somebody said to me, can we turn off all of the cameras so that I can bring in a guy to talk about coaching a football team, I would say, excuse me, leave, or I'll have you escorted from the building. Well, the first would be, um, uh, who the fuck do you think you are? Mm-hmm. And I don't care what your name is, and no. Mm. Yes. So, so I found that funny. I tell you what, there was another story that I found interesting in the uh, Sydney Morning Herald, which, keep in mind, it's Channel 9, is about rugby union. And apparently what they're doing, you probably remember rugby union. <laughs> so you've probably read about it. I read used about ex- it in the, night, in the yeah, 1900s. Used to exist in Australia. doesn't anymore. Anyway, um, so they're, try- they're trying to sort out this competition between what's left of Australian rugby union teams and the New Zealand teams, um, and they're trying to thrash out some rules. And one of the things they're thinking about bringing in and get here, this is fucking incredible. Can I guess? Yeah, if you want. I genuinely have not. I don't know what where this is okay. going, but I'm going to guess. 
13 aside. No, no, no. Nothing oh, like, nothing like at, that. They're going to do it some stage. They're looking to bring – they're looking – you remember how they used to always say, we're bringing back running rugby. It's like you've never been running rugby. That's rugby league. Okay. They're looking to introduce a scrum shot clock. Okay. 60 seconds. <laughs> Imagine sitting there for 60 seconds and being like, that's a quick one, watching a scrum. That's I, I don't know what they're trying to achieve with that. 60 seconds, sitting around for a minute watching a scrum. Look, uh, the, 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 but the more important thing is that they're, they're considering bringing in a player draft across their whole competition, right, geez. which would obviously allow the Australian teams that have no talent whatsoever because Australian Rugby Union's dead – to draft in a bunch of New Zealand players and it won't affect their international eligibility. Now, if they do that, that is just like opening the doors for the NRL. Because why would you, if you were a New Zealand rugby union player and you got forced to be drafted by an Australian team, why would you, why would you do that, right? When you could just get an open contract elsewhere. Like, I think more for no me, the, the the craziness about this, okay, when, when it's clear that Union is struggling to create that competition, yes. having that open draft, yes. there's only one way that competition is going to go from there. And it's kind yeah. of like what the English Super League's done. And that is, in the, you know, on and off, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s in Australia, even into the 80s. We started putting on and taking off these restrictions on how many imported players you can have from other countries. Yeah. Because the concern was if you allow, if you're allowed to be open slather and the best competition in the world, especially like looking in the 60s and 70s was in England. If you allow teams to just completely bolster their squad with a bunch of English players who were, they might be depth players in the English comp at that time, yeah. but would be legit first grade quality players in Australia at the time. Mm-hmm then all of a sudden you're not looking after your local region anymore. You're just trying to get whatever players you can get based on how many poker machines you've got and how much you can afford to pay these people. Yeah. And so all you're doing then is looking entirely at on-field results and you're doing absolutely nothing for the game and absolutely nothing for the region or for the juniors in your network. Like the Sydney and, Roosters. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so the concern that I guess is that – and so – the reason why I bring up Super League is because prior to their um, dog shit uh, salary cup that they brought in, which I don't know what it's supposed to be doing because it's yeah. not working. It's not working, yeah. Um, but prior to them bringing that in, it kind of was sort of open season. that They could have as many players they wanted from the Southern Hemisphere as they want. And then they started changing it so you could have a, a marquee player allowance. So they tried to cut it down but you were still allowed to get one market player. You could pay whatever you wanted to, and it wasn't counted in the cap. Hence why the cap doesn't work. Yeah, and, and look, all of the rules they did bring in during the Super League era over there, were they had more holes than Swiss cheese. So it would be like, well, you're only allowed X number of imports, and then they were like, well, we've got this rule that's come in where anybody from one of the Pacific nations doesn't actually count as an import, and, and it was just went on and on and on to the point where, like, I've always said this, that any of the top teams in Super League, if they wanted a, a, a player that was good from a lower base team and they were supposedly at the salary cap, they found a way. Yeah, and of if they wanted to get another import in their side, they found a way. There was never 
the restrictions were very they flimsy. could be played with. Yeah, they were very, very flimsy. flimsy. But so. the problem they've had with it is that so many players have come from <clears throat> outside of the Super League or outside of England. Yeah. That it's completely wide ended the grassroots of the game. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, so that's why they were still competitive even into the early two thousands because they had the last remnants of that um pathways in place. But by the time all these import players come in and all those players started being pushed to the lower grades, they stopped developing their talent. Mm. It started to be less of an interest for young players coming through, hence why they'd just go to rugby union or they'd go elsewhere or just yeah. not play at all. And all of but, a sudden they now have a competition that survives too much on players from outside of England coming in and propping it up. Yeah, and they've, I, killed off their, they've killed off their own lower level, and that's exactly what Rugby Union's sort of starting to embark on now by having this draft thing. They've given up on Australian talent for Rugby Union. They're not even trying to get them through anymore. They've just gone, let's just open it up and try and get New Zealand players in here so that we can try and have a even competition that will get people interested in it instead of having the New Zealand sides constantly flogging the Aussie ones all the time. Hmm. And they're and- thinking short term. Yeah, and that's the problem rugby's had for too long now. And if I look, if I was the NRL, I would always have an open offer there to the New Zealand Rugby Union of five hundred million dollars if they want to form a joint venture for a rugby league competition. There's no, uh, I, it would always be a rugby league competition. That's what the money's for, and uh, you know it's there. They don't have to take it up, but have some meetings about it. You know, to generate that press in New Zealand um, media, which isn't very big. I mean, if we were in the New Zealand media, we'd probably constitute a good 35% of it. Um, so, and, and yeah, make it, make it the New Zealand media start saying, you know what, why are we dealing with this fucking, you know, fourth rate rugby union mob in Australia when we could be part of the NRL? Like, but anyway, it's, it's, I found that interesting. Um, But let's go back to talking about rugby league, hey? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um, James Tamo looks like he's not going to play another game again because while they were down, while the West Tigers were down by 60 points, he told the referee that he was incompetent. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a player that was screaming to be sent from the field like that ever it's, before. Um, <laughs> it's look, like... Look, in, in, to, to his, uh, I wouldn't say credit, his defence, the fact they were down by 60 at the time, I mean, Tamo would know what incompetent looked like. Yeah. Um. So, Um. but as far as I'm concerned, I don't know what his suspension was, but I don't think it's enough. Because I don't think... Language towards like that towards any official should be tolerated <laughs> at all. I don't. Yeah. I know. I saw the one bit of news I saw about was Phil Gould coming out saying that Tamo shouldn't be suspended because he's got an exemplary record. He's never done this before and he doesn't need rehabilitating. I'm going. He did say it. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about his past fucking record. He did say it. So no, this is a problem. A punishment is designed to be a deterrent. If you take the deterrent away, it's not a punishment. He deserves exactly. to be punished for what he did because what he did was wrong, fucking stupid, and entirely intentional. Yeah, Phil Gould's a fucking idiot, hey? Um, yeah. Uh, look, Tamo, 
I, I was thinking about this when he got sent off. Um, how disastrous has his signing been? Because he like, didn't want to go. That was half the problem. Yeah, he, and he's he played like that. Firing, and then he just said, "Oh, I'll take the extra pay at the Tigers. Why not?" And going, this, the moment he was signed, I was just like, "This is just not going to work out." His heart's not in it. Yeah, and he's he's played like that. That's the problem. And yeah. like even in that in that sixty point performance, and look, they all played like shit in that sixty point performance. Um, he was pathetic in that game. He was absolutely pathetic, you know. And they got him, and, and when they got him, they were the the line was that well, he's going to bring all of this experience and stuff, and he'll be leadership and blah 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 blah. And it's it, he's shown no leadership his whole time there. He hasn't led by example his whole time there. And I think that this is probably the fitting way for his Tigers career to end, and it's going to be his NRL career, um, where it's just you know. Him not showing any leadership at all in a blowout score, it's... I, I just, you know, what am I supposed to do? Cry him a fucking river? I, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, so... I had I, a... I mean, the other thing, too, I had an argument with someone on, on Twitter. Yeah. What, people on Twitter were angry over something irrational? That doesn't seem like Twitter. Well, they were a bit cranky, because I, I said... Um, well, Tamo was leading with excellence because you know the Tigers have been going on all week about their centre of excellence. And the first, <laughs> the first game they had after the centre of excellence opened up, they get fucking pumped by sixty six points. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, was, I think one tweet said they were doing better than when they were in a demandable, lifting up heavy things. Just you know, here's a pop plant, quick lift that. That's pretty much yeah. all they had to exercise with. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I said. Yeah, Tamo's leading by excellence. And this person replied with something along the lines of, um, the refs have been shit all game or something like that. And, you know, what would you expect him to do? And I went, we'll not blow up like that and be an idiot. Now, trying to refs fault the situation when they've conceded 72 fucking points. Oh, yeah, unbelievable. At no point did I ever think about the referee in that game until no. Tamo called him incompetent. And I was like, what the fuck? Like... <laughs> Um, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous, and just I look once you lose by a certain like, there's been games where teams have lost at the death, and it comes down to a refereeing decision, and they will piss and moan about it. And it's like you you let the other team score twenty eight points. Like, shut the fuck up. You know, you yeah. had eighty minutes to win the game. Shut the fuck up. Now, the West Tigers in this situation, they spent 80 minutes not doing anything, um, and they should have shut the fuck up, and James Tamo should have shut the fuck up. I think that it was interesting watching Brett Kamali. Brett Kamali was pretty honest about a lot of things and his role there, which isn't much of a role anymore, um, and he was talking about the that he was involved in um, some of the decisions about letting players leave early and and letting players be loaned out. And all I could think of was like, number one, isn't that what Tim Sheens is supposed to have been doing this whole time? And number two, why are you allowing the interim coach to make those decisions, you know? Well, because they know it was going to be catastrophic for the team's on-field performance. Yeah. But in their own minds of Tim Sheens, it's a way of getting extra experience for these players because they'd let them out to clubs who are going to be in the finals so they get a bit more game time and a bit of finals footy. 
Um, that's their attitude, and that's what they think is a good thing. But they know that for the club itself, it's going to be all bad, and it's only going to get worse for the rest of this season. Not that it matters this season, because they're going to be, you know, dog shit anyway. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's fucking stupid. The whole the whole system is abs- it's an absolute mess. And I don't see how Sheen's being a head coach trying to train a bloke who's never coached in his life for the next two years is going to be any better. Yeah, That's I agree. That's just more of a mess. Yeah, and, and the, th- the other thing is, too, that if you think about teams that completely bottom out like this, like there's there's no redeeming features about a team at all, they don't improve by the personnel they have while they're bottoming out. They improve by other players coming in and getting rid of those players. So I think of a team like the Panthers in the very early 2000s when they won the Wooden Spoon. The players that took them to the 2003 final were players that come in and were immediately... There wasn't a thing of like, oh, you got to let them develop. It was like, oh, this... These young wingers are really good. Like, straight away, they're maybe the best players in the team. This young forward's really good. Maybe the best player in the team. They Like, they were considerably better than what was on the field. And they replaced those terrible players who bottomed out to the point where those terrible players basically were all gone, you know? I think the mm. only one was maybe... Uh, uh, Craig Gower, who I didn't really rate that much, that highly anyway. Um, but you, so you don't have a team that bottoms out, and somehow they miraculously improve as a playing group. That's not how it works, because if they had talent, they wouldn't have bottomed out. No, that's right. That's all right. Um, talk like about this, bottoming out, though, man. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at these bloody stats from that game on the weekend for the Tigers players, and it's just. Mm-hmm. Jock Madden made as many metres as Tamo did. Yeah, yeah. Adam Dewey made 17 post-contact metres more than Tamo. Uh, yeah, he and only had two runs more. He made yeah. 17 more post-contact metres. And by the way, they didn't play well, those two. <laughs> no, well, in Dewey's defence, he was targeted because, I, admittedly, he's, he's not the greatest defender. So, of course, they're going to target him. But... I won't. I won't have anyone tell me that he wasn't trying. He's one of the few out there that was constantly trying to do something, but he was targeted so heavily, he was only ever going to look like he was having a bad game. He had the only line break for the Tigers. He made 129 meters, more meters than anybody else in there. The yeah. kid's fucking trying, but yeah. there's no support from anybody else there. The only other person to make over 100 meters was the fucking winger. It's atrocious. And it's it's shocking to me that, like, like you look at where they were at when Tim Sheens was brought in and where they're at now. They are considerably, like, they were a really bad football club. Forget all of the off-field stuff, which is a disaster. They were a really bad football team when Sheens come in. Now they are, like, like at, at that Newcastle Knights at their worst level. Like, what do we even have here left? He's made them considerably worse. Um, It's unbelievable that the management allowed it to happen, but that's the problem. The management's so bad. Well, there's only one solution, and that's to sack Michael Maguire. 
Yeah, it's he's the problem, obviously. That's all right. I mean, they were traveling so well. I mean, they've been traveling so well since they got rid of him. Yes, yes. I I feel I feel sorry for Brett Morley. Um, oh, he's just he's just a a peasant that's thrown in front of a fucking bus. Yeah, he deserves way better. Um, I, I hope, hope he leaves he, the club. I I do too. I was about to say I hope he goes somewhere where he picks up a really good. I'd love to see him as an assistant coach at the Panthers, something like that, where he he gets to rebuild to that sort of level where you know he'll he'll get another shot somewhere um, because it's been completely unfair what's happened to him. Um, but yeah, the West I, like. I don't know what you take out of the whole West Tigers organization. Um, that's a positive. I, I just don't know. I can't think they've of got, anything. Apparently, you have to you have to take me on word for this, but mm-hmm. they've got some nice pot plants. You really? Apparently. Oh, nice. Yeah. But, so yeah, you've got to start somewhere. We'll start with the decor. We'll go from there. They also have that uh, picture on the wall of that great premiership winner. From yeah, the yeah, yeah. Oh, numbers. <laughs> numbers, mate. Don't worry about the numbers. You know. <laughs> How do you miss 84% of all stats made are made up. It's all good. Don't worry about it. How do you mess that up? He's literally <laughs> in the building. Ask him. Just fucking ask him. <laughs> There's a free website with all this data. All right, go check that out. Yeah, yeah. If only there was some sort of rugby league project someone was running. Yeah, you can just go check it out. Um, do you reckon Benji Marshall was looking at all the things and he walked up and read that and was just too polite to say anything? Yeah. Yeah, 100% aye. Yeah, he's just got, okay, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll take the fact I've got two two premierships now. <laughs> I deserve them. I deserve them. Now, yeah, Benji, you do. One of the weird things over the weekend was we saw the Roosters having a post-training session with the Tigers, rack up a big scoreline. We saw the Parramatta Eels uh, flog the Bulldogs. And, they're track bullies. Yeah, that exactly. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, these, these two teams, they're back in it. They're back in the race. So these are the two teams to watch. And I'm, I was, all I could think of was like, people need to calm down. And it wasn't fans, it was the media, the corporate yeah. media. I'll say, um, I think the Roosters are back in it because they've won six games in a row now. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, not all of them have been against the best of opposition. I mean, they put 50 on the Dragons, they put 40 on the Knights, beat Manly 20-10, to 10, um, put 30 on the Broncos and the Cowboys. Those were two good victories. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, those two, yeah. And... Let's be honest, if you're going to come up against utter dog shit teams, you should be putting them away to a big score. And they've been doing that. So I think that they they have started to find their groove and they are definitely back in, in the hunt. Parramatta, though, I'm not going to take a, a win. After they got, you know, belted 26 blot by South the week before, mm. struggled to keep an injured Manly. I mean, they bought better than 36 20. And that's on the back of beating Penrith for the second time this year. They should have been on a high and coming through and just winning games from there on in. And to have that patchy defense after that, um, I, I can't, I can't sit there and say that I'm, I'm sold that they're back in it because beating the Bulldogs, I mean, whoop de do. Yeah, exactly. And, and look, I, I don't, I don't rate the Roosters. I really don't. I, I think rate that, them higher than Parramatta. Uh, I, I probably rate them. Look, I rated them in the last episode I had out of 10 I said Parramatta was a zero because I I want 
to see them do something like they 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 don't do anything when it counts. So, um, so yeah, I get that, but I, I just think that the Roosters are. Uh, I, I I just I just don't rate them. I, I really don't. I I worry more about a team like the Cowboys. Obviously, the Storm. You know, the Storm are getting their shit together. Um, but yeah, and look, if I had to look at the most impressive wins on the weekend. I find it really hard to find one more impressive than the Panthers stopping that Rabbitohs team, which was on fire and doing it without like their halves. (laughs) Yeah. that was. And I know it wasn't the most impressive game, but just the fact that they did it and they had to really fight in that game to do it. They come back and did it. And it was just a, I don't know. It felt like a, you know, even the rest of the, the the Panthers that are left, they're still a bloody good team. Like, if we didn't get our halves back for the rest of the finals, I think you could look at the Panthers and say, damn, it's going to be hard to beat them. I think the Storm would beat what's left of the Panthers, but the other teams, I'm not so sure. There's one thing I saw. I didn't get to see all of the games on the weekend. Yeah. And I saw highlights of some of them. Um but the one team I still think too many people are taking lightly, even actual opposition teams, is Cronulla. Um, watching them against Manly, they played a very – they played two different styles. But the one thing they kept falling back on was speed out of dummy half. And I haven't been seeing them doing it a huge amount this year. Like, they'll do it in games. But against Manly, they just kept doing it over and over and over again. And they were making massive metres up the middle nearly every set. It was fucking insane to watch. And they were so sharp and quick out of dummy half. I thought, have they got two beach sprinters in this side now? What the fuck's going on? We don't have beat any beach sprinters in rugby league, I don't think. Not that I've heard of. Oh, I swear I heard one somewhere. Okay. Um, um, maybe it was in the past. But, yeah, they were so so quick out of dummy half. The line running on both edges, very, very straight and very strong as well. Um, you see the second row is... Uh, just running harder and straighter more often. They they had gotten to this phase in the middle of the season where they started to try and get a little bit, try and use a bit of footwork. Yeah. And they were losing momentum by doing it. Mm-hmm. They've got back to just, everybody just run straight. Pick a line, stick to it, go through it. Um, and they're, they're doing the basic things that you need to do, but also the basic things that make all attacks work really well. They're doing all of those things really, really good at the moment. And so they're not needing to use too much flash and flair on the back of it. They've still got it, but they're not needing to rely on it all that much to try and get themselves ahead on the scoreboard. They can just build pressure through doing the little basic things you need to do to make an attack work and to make your defence work. They're doing that well. And they've picked a good time to start doing that. Yeah, um, and and Nico Hines really works well off the back of that. And he's like, yeah. he. the thing I like about him is that he can play conservative happily yeah, and when he needs to do something, he can he can normally pull it off, which is pretty incredible. But he will be happy to just guide them around the field for an entire game, not do anything outrageous, and be content with it. There's some players who you see that are like him that have that ability to do something special, um, and they they want to they want to try something, and he doesn't need to try something. He's content, and I like that about him as a player. And he's the one for me when um, – because I think the Panthers can handle the rest of their team pretty comfortably, quite honestly. I think that they're a little bit like the Cowboys in the sense that 
their strengths sort of play into the strength of the Panthers' defense. Um, so I, I think that that's a problem for the Sharks. But then you've got Nico Hines, and Nico Hines has the ability to break a game open, and he's their real X factor if he needs to be. And he's the one that would worry me most about playing the Sharks in the finals. Yeah, I mean, even when they played, was it round... Wasn't too long ago, a few round, round nineteen or round eighteen. Yeah, wasn't long ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Sharks were leading the Panthers, up, and that was a full strength Panthers side at half time, and they were looking strong. It's just um, the thing is, they were playing Penrith in fourth gear when Penrith go up to that next level. Mm. That's the problem. Nearly every team's got is going with them, and while the Sharks went with them for most of that second half, they only let them score two converted tries, mm. but. It's Penrith's defence that lifts more. And trying to get through them to try and keep up with them on the scoreboard is a hard job. Um, yeah, and, and like, and I think that the Storm can go to a next level with Penrith, and we've seen that. We've seen that in some yeah. of the epic clashes they've had. Um, I think, weirdly, Parramatta, and we've only seen it in the regular season, have shown in the regular season, at least, that they can go to a different level with Penrith. Um, I don't think any other team has shown that, that they can go to a different level with Penrith. Um, but then I think that the thing about the Panthers is then they've got an a, an extra gear on top of that, if it's possible, where they can completely shut down a team. And I think we saw them do it against, say, the Raiders. Remember, it, I think it was a couple of months ago where they played the Raiders and they doubled their – like they just kept the Raiders on their whole – their goal line for the entire game where you just can't do anything. Like yeah. You can't do anything. Even playing at your best, you're just stuck. That's and right. I think that that's the level that other teams have to worry about when they play Penrith. But it's, I mean, getting to that level is a, a great team doesn't have that level in them that many times in the entire team, the, the entire time they're good. So you can't worry about that. If you come up against it, it's just like, well, what can we do? You know? Yeah. Make your tackles and hope they stick. Isn't yeah, just, hope the Penrith make a mistake or something. Hope is the big key factor there, though. That's what you're relying on so heavily. Yeah. It's the same thing that we've seen against the Storm, where, like, where they've been on in the past, and it's like, well, what are we supposed to do here? You know, they're playing some, some perfect football. Uh, like, can we get – hopefully the referee gives us a decision or something, you know? Yeah. Um, I've got a question for you, just random, yeah. completely unlinked to what we're saying there. Yeah. When was the last time Penrith was sitting somewhere outside of the top two on the ladder? I'm going to say 2000. <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. 2018. No, 2020. 2020. Oh, wow. round round six. They were third. There you go. <laughs> they were third. <laughs> wow. What's doing, bloke? Oh, you're a mess. All good. Um, now I did I did just have a quick look on the NRL website. Yeah. Um, they have confirmed on there that Sheraldo has been named captain, uh, coach of the Bulldogs for the next five years. Shock horror! I can't believe that. Um, he must have had a meeting somewhere with someone. Yeah, if only somebody had documented those meetings. Um, let's hope the paperwork's put in, been put in because, I mean, no one knows if the meeting took place or not. I mean, this yeah. could just be hearsay at this stage. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, also Trent Barrett got signed assistant coach to Parramatta. 
Yeah, that was a weird one. Hey, I, I, uh. It's almost like Paramount is doing everything they can to fucking completely go shit ass next year. Well, I just, the Paramount fans realize that Trent Barrett is really close to being their head coach right now. Like, really, really close. Like, if, if, uh, this Paramount team does nothing in the finals, is Trent Barrett their coach next year? Well, this is the problem they've got is, They've got a pretty severe drop down in in talent on field next year, given they're losing Reed Reed Mooney. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's also been a few other player movements from memory too. So, would they lose some Papali as well to the West Tigers? Possibly. Yeah. Well, he's being dragged out there kicking and screaming by the potato. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he um, if he finds a way out of that deal. Yeah, I, I agree. And nor would I blame him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, he's a very sucks. good forward. He doesn't want to be playing a five-eighth or hooker. Yeah. I, what are some examples of players that were really good that moved from good teams to poor teams and they just – it was part of their career wasted? Most of the people who went to the Tigers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but there's been players like that. Hey, where it's just like they're it's like they're almost hanging them up. Um, ben Teo had a lot of promise. A very lazy defender though at times yeah. when he was at the Tigers. Um, and most people will remember his time at South for the time when he gave Danny Wilder a bit of shit. Yeah. That's pretty much all he did there. Yeah. Um, and then he just plotted around at the Broncos when he turned up back there again. Uh, very good line runner. Had good. Good um, footwork close to the line too, but defensively got would be sloppy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he didn't do do anything after he left the Tigers. He wasn't doing a huge amount there anyway. Um, hmm. That's Adam, a difficult one, huh? Adam Blair was very good at having his allocated role at the Storm. Yeah. And was largely hated by every other club he went to after that for just being lazy. We've talked about Brick Morley after the storm. It just wasn't the same for him. Yeah, it wasn't think, a bad player, but still. The thing with Morley was that he never – I don't know how much of this you put down to him or whether it's just the coaches that signed him, but he never went to a club that either had the players or the style that suited the way he played. <laughs> and so he was always he was always the square peg trying to fit into a round hole. Well, Chris Anson tried to do sort it for him at the Cronulla Sharks. I know, but he didn't have he didn't have the roster to go with it. He just had yeah. Morley and what he wanted to do. All the players at the Sharks at the time were playing the more conventional footy at the time, which was not flat. Mm. Um, the flat footy style only lasted a few seasons. Anson was doing everything he could to try and bludgeon other teams to play it. Um. Just and they just couldn't. You know that brings up something interesting. That sorry, it popped in my mind when I watched the Panthers play. They set their their back line really deep, like especially when they're attacking an opposition team's try line. They they not only set deep, but they set back about twenty meters further back than a lot of other teams set. I reckon they do that purely to engage the defenders. Yeah, get them, get get them man out, out to go take, out, man out one on one everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, because as soon as you look out and you see a whole back line set up, you go, fuck, spread. Yeah. And then you just run middle plays. <laughs> I think the other thing it does too is it, when, they're back, when their back line's set so deep, and you, so you're coming off your try line, you're coming out to defend on your own 10-metre uh, line. But 
because the ball is spreading wide, you're also tending to want to slide. Um, and and yeah. that's when Kikau's run it straight inside shoulder, you know? That's um, right. It's, it's very interesting. I don't think any other team really does it. Like, the Storm probably goes a, a, not quite as deep as the Panthers, but it's something I've noticed about the Panthers when they, they're attacking an opposition team's trial line. They set pretty damn deep. They do. It, it almost looks um, a bit 90s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, or the, the other thing it sometimes looks like is that you look at it and you're like, oh, they, they don't really have a plan here. But then when you see them going through their back line, it, it's really clearly a set plan. <laughs> that so... Sorry, uh, Darcy was trying to say he agrees with you there. Yeah, yeah, I thought he would. I thought he would. Well, Darcy's my audience, you know. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to, I like to at least have the ones that are under two years old agree with what I'm saying. Yeah, I, he's, he's my critic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, I've, I've got a dog snoring behind me. I've, I've had to turn my back to try and muffle the noise. <laughs> Alright fella, how's about you hop down Go break something Yeah, just not in this room, okay Because this is my stuff, go break someone else's stuff Good boy <laughs> <laughs> I heard him laugh <laughs> Father of the year Yeah um, Now the Cronulla Sharks have made a plea To the NRL to allow them to play finals games at home. Um, I can't believe we're still talking about finals games at home in, in 2022. It's like... I, I, know, I mean, surely, I, surely the Panthers are going to be allowed to play at home as well, though. Well, yeah, I, 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 you would think so. Like, I wonder, okay, yeah. I wonder if the reason why the NRLs kind of want the Sharks to play at, in, you know, in Sydney hmm. is because... The NRL makes less money from Sharks home games because the Sharks own their own ground. So we can make jokes about the crowd size and stuff, but I wonder if, if there's some more to that than than anything else. The fact that because the Sharks own the ground, mm. I'm not too sure the NRL makes a great deal of cash out of the gate takings there. So they go, can you move your games to Sydney because we're going to make a bit more coin out of it? I wonder if that's the reason why. It's possible. And it's possible. the problem with it, though, is... Why not just let one team play? It's going to be, what, two, maximum three games? Why not just let them play those games at their home ground? Because the upgrade is every other Sydney team can play at their home ground as well. And if every other Sydney team is playing at bigger stadiums, so what if you're missing out on, what's it going to be? What, a few thousand dollars from Sharks games? Let them play at home. I don't see what, what we're trying to chase out of this. I don't know because like the sharks' capacity is is considerably lower than anywhere else, um, and, and so I can see where that would be a problem. Like I don't know if the NRL has minimum standards for finals games. Um, I know Penrith can fit in twenty, I think it's twenty two thousand something like that, which is is not bad. I think that the next lowest would probably be Manly, but I still think they can get about eighteen in there at Brookie. Um, whereas Shark Park, what is it? I think it really is like 13,000 or something like that at the moment, isn't it? It's it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty small capacity. Like, what's their biggest crowd this year? The capacity is actually 
listed currently is twenty two thousand. I they haven't played they haven't played too many games there this year though, so um because they've been doing all the upgrades and stuff. It's one hundred percent not twenty two thousand right now. Um let's have a look here. I feel like it's about twelve, thirteen thousand at the moment. Um, just trying to find a few because they've had some. They've had. I'm pretty sure they've had a couple of games where it's been pretty close to a sellout there at Shark Park this year. They've had eleven thousand. Uh, in three games this year, four games, five games. Yeah, see, that um, tells me it's pretty low. The capacity. In 2019, when they played against Canberra there in the last second last round of the year, they had 18,000 there. Yeah, but that's before all of the construction and shit yeah. too. Yeah, at the so. moment, it's it's not as big as it can be because they're still rebuilding parts of it, obviously. So, so I, can see, I can see where the NRL says, look, if you can only get 12,000 at your stadium and... Not far up the road, you've got the SFS, which is you can fit 44 in there, brand new stadium. It, it just kind of makes sense, you know. It's, I don't think it puts Sharks fans out too much. It, to it doesn't. The problem is those. It, it's going to put them out if Penrith are allowed to play at Penrith. Okay, the argument that's going to be made entirely, and I understand where it's coming from, is. Yeah. How come Penrith are allowed to play at their home ground, but we can't play at ours? And they're right to make that argument. And what you're saying is also absolutely spot on. It's not so much about favouring one side over the other. It's about trying to get as many people to watch the game as possible at the actual stadium. Yeah, like both of the answers are right. Yeah, that's right. You know, and and so, and and I guess that's where you weigh it up. Like, which is which is the right way to go? Like I think because there's I've heard people say, well, why don't Penrith play at Parramatta? And it's like, have you done the drive? You know, it's it's a completely different beast from driving from Shark Park right. to. It's SFS. a long journey for what? How many extra people are you going to fit in there as opposed to at Penrith? Yeah. Whereas I would say this: if this if there was a thirty thousand seat stadium at Blacktown, right, which is about half the distance. Then you've got to start asking that question. Yeah. Because, or if it's a 40,000-seat stadium at Blacktown, let's say, then I think that it probably, I would say, like Penrith maybe should do that move. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I get both sides of it. I get both sides of it. I kind of, the thought of a Sharks team playing at the new SFS and it being like 30,000 of their fans because it would mostly be their fans. To me, that, I think, would be exciting for the club. But I, Yeah, look, I'll, I'll put it this way. I think if, if the Sharks are to play a team that's not from Sydney, yeah, they'd probably be in favour of playing at the bigger stadium. Yeah. If they were to play a fellow Sydney side, they'd be wanting to play at Shark Park. Yeah. I reckon that's what the what the crux of the, the argument would be. Because if they're playing in Sydney, then they want to have some form of home ground advantage because they, they are likely to have a home ground final, so a uh, home semi-final. Um, so they're, they're going to want that. And they're not going to be happy if they're playing at a neutral ground against another Sydney team. That, that advantage that they've rightfully earned by getting into the top four is taken away from them purely yeah, because... it becomes a neutral venue, yeah. Yeah. So I can, I can get where they're coming from. 
but you know you've got to do the right thing by everybody at the end of the day and if you're good enough you'll be whoever's in front of you no matter where the fuck you play yeah look i think that i would hate to have to make the decision um and and i would sit with i would want to sit with the sharks uh, CEO and really thrash it out, and I would probably be led by their their choice at the end of the day, which is obviously going to be to play at Shark Park. But it's man, that's a difficult decision. Like if well, it's the difference between two hundred thousand dollars in gate takings, that's yeah. not insignificant. You know? No, that's right. And I think the argument would be then, well, we need to properly financially compensate the sharks then for it. So if we can get, if we say to the sharks, you know. If, I don't know, right? Was say if if the current deal is the NRL takes fifty percent of gate takings and the the home team takes thirty five percent and the away team takes fifteen percent, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll change it so that the NRL swaps with the with with the sharks, so the NRL will take thirty five percent and the sharks take fifty percent of the gate takings. Yeah. As a way to try and get them across the line to take the the home game there. If that's all it takes to get the sharks to do it, then that's fine. Yeah, I agree. And, and look, the other thing that, from my point of view is too that, like, if if I had a club that had the ability to move around in Sydney a little bit, and it wasn't too much of a problem to go to the new SFS stadium, I would I would jump at it and I'd try and make it like my team's home stadium. Um, and I think that way about the Dragons. Like, I think. I think the Dragons are one of those teams in Sydney that if they decided to go anywhere, they can basically own the joint. Can I and, just say? Yeah. Hashtag our jungle. <laughs> well, you know, some clubs can't do it. The problem with the <laughs> the, the problem with the the West Tigers is number one, they suck. Right. Don't start with numbers, man. You'll be here all day. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but the other thing is, like the stadiums that they're trying to claim are all relics for the most part, apart from the the Parramatta Stadium, which it's it's literally Parramatta Stadium. It's pretty hard to claim that. Um, yeah. It's uh I like to call it Tiger Stadium. But yeah, like I just think that the the Dragons could go to the new SFS and say, This is our home now. We're a Sydney team. We've played more games here in this region, more important games than the, the Roosters ever have. Um and this is our stadium now. And I think that they could do that. But, you know, I, I don't run these teams. No, that's right. That's right. Um, so, what else has been going on in the world as rugby league? Um, I heard that uh, the Lee Centurions posted 100 on the weekend. Oh, did they? Who against? Oh, I don't know. Some team from, I don't know, Huddersfield Infirmary or something like that. i tell you who's been going pretty good lately is Salford. Like... I haven't looked at the Super League. Let's have a look, oh. look at the Super League ladder. What, what's the website I can go to? Uh, SalfordRedDevils.co.uk. Uh, that would be the only one that they have, surely. It oh, makes sense. That's the name of the club. Yeah. In the UK. The first, I mean, if you're renamed the club, the first thing you do is buy the web address, surely. Exactly. Um, oh, there it is. That, that's a, God, that is a beautiful website. Yeah, it looks I've good. I've got to huh? ask, though. Yes. Um, quick question. Yes. Why Why would the Southhead Reds have a picture of Cameron Smith on their website? Because the person that owns the website lost a bet. I need to change that now. It's been a week. <laughs> <laughs> I've just gone to the Super League website, and the first thing you see is a big picture of Jason Robinson. Um, and I don't know why. I don't really care. 
And I just think it's funny that they'd use him to promote rugby league. Um, well, I've got a question for you about Jason Robinson. Okay. How many English wingers who played for the uh, Great Britain or English test sides after him can you name? Oh, I'm a bit weird because I'd be able to name quite a few. <laughs> and, and better he was, than him. He was... That were better than him. That were be- Oh, that were better than him? Yeah, yeah. Add that on there. Uh, no, it's very short. Yeah, none, none, <laughs> none. And, well, and I think he's a promotional tool. People yeah. still remember who he is. Yeah, and I tend to think he was a bit overrated too. But he was a good player. He was a very good player. But yes, um, it's not like he was a legend, you know. So he's he wasn't a Martin Offia. Yeah. I've I've seen the the polls that the English Rugby League and the International Rugby League put up about English <laughs> players that were great. Yeah. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he'll be on one of them soon. <laughs> there were no great players in England prior to 1990. Yeah, it's none. It's ridiculous. I mean, all of them are better, than, but none. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, so the Salford Red Devils, they've won uh, four of their last five. So they're going. They, they're they're getting a little bit of momentum, which is kind of weird. And I've just been noticing it a little bit lately. Yeah. Um, they've snuck into the top eight, uh, top six. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how they go on the final. That's crazy. Huddersfield's third. Yeah, I wouldn't have if I wouldn't have guessed that, hey? No, I would have guessed that. Um, I would have thought Catalans would have been doing a bit better. Yeah. Uh, the, look, the thing that it, it kind of makes me feel good that when they're not having a great season, that they're still a top side. Yeah. You know, it's it's you don't want to see them yo-yoing up and down the ladder. And they don't do that, which is awesome. Sadly, we've got Toulouse at the bottom of the ladder, which looks like they're going to get relegated. Yeah, and they shouldn't. They Stupid shouldn't. system. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. How that? What would that like? They're on a hiding to nothing. Yeah. Build your squad late, and then if you don't go well the next season, then you're straight out. It's fucking ridiculous. It is, and you got to. If I mean, if they can keep this squad together for the next three years, then they'll get promoted again because they'll dominate next season in championship. And they'll get promoted again. Then they might be a chance. You shouldn't have to get promoted twice in order to be a chance of surviving. Yeah. Silly. That's nuts. But um, speaking of Toulouse, um, Corey Norman just got a hefty suspension for sticking his finger up people's butts. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't understand the phenomena of uh, wanting to finger somebody on a football field. Well, Kenny Edwards did it last year, I think, at, at Huddersfield. Oh, really? I've missed that one. Yeah. He, he got 10 weeks for it. Yeah, the old Hopperwadi. Yeah, I reckon, Jesus, wouldn't Hopperwadi be pissed off? The two blokes who have done it since him have combined have had a shorter suspension than what he got. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then again, Hopperwadi did it more than once. Well, this is true. This is true. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, yeah, the shock factor as well. It's. I feel as though, you know how some people are biters in a fight? They just, mm-hmm. they try and bite. I, I feel as though a, a fingerer is probably a fingerer. Yeah, like you've got to have that. That you've got to have those. Uh, like that—that's your intentional game plan. Yeah, you've got to have those wires connected in your head to be on a football field and be like, "Here's my chance. I'm going to finger yeah. this dude." That's you right. Know? This is my strategy. I'm going to go out and do this. Yeah. Uh, so interesting. I didn't see footage of it because obviously it's not the sort of thing I would go searching to look up. Not on the um, Super League website anyway. Yeah, it would imagine. Well, that should be probably their headline, like just a video of of uh, Corey Norman fingering someone. Um, but you know, I, you can reach a new market by putting it up on like 
you porn or something like that. I guess it's not the first time on video I've seen Corey Norman fingering someone, but anyway. <laughs> you go with allegedly there or not? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> we don't really have to. It was quite a I'm not too sure. Not yeah, too sure. but... Um, we got our lawyers onto it. Yeah, well, I'm sure we've got a lawyer still somewhere. But Cage at the back somewhere. <laughs> we keep them separate from the other interns. But by the way, top try scorer in Super League, Bevan French, followed by Ken Seo. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, most offloads, Tim Lafay. Sorry? Most offloads, Tim uh, Tim Lafay. Tim Lafay. Yeah, with 43 of them. It's going well. Danny Horton, most tackles. Bloody hell. Mm. Uh, I see the uh, the Daily Telegraph today. Apparently, yes. someone someone's taken a photo of this. Mm-hmm. They're taking a photo about who's had the luck of the draw. No, not I thought, bullshit. hang on, don't we all go through and do all of that at the start of the year? Why are they yeah. doing it now? It's pretty yeah. easy to go through and say who's had the easiest draw when the lad is almost fucking certainly done. Yeah. Oh, you know they played the West Tigers twice because you know, the West Tigers were last. Well, they weren't last last year. Just because they're easier to play against this year doesn't mean that they've had the luck of the draw. I also think, like, like we play 24 games. It's not like we play 17 games and you can have a, a soft draw somehow in that. We play 24 games. Like, yeah. it's a it's a long slog of a season. I oh, know. The, the Panthers aren't being picked apart as someone who's had an easy draw. So you don't need to worry yeah. about the distance that you've had to walk between stadiums. <laughs> whatever well, the bullshit was from last year, the year yeah, before. That was, oh my god, wasn't that ridiculous? <laughs> how you know? And then they were arrogant because they celebrated when they won. Yeah, how so, dare they? Yeah. The temerity of them. <laughs> the uh, yeah, that that whole it, like well, at the start of the year, some of the geniuses that would work out the the you know strength of draws would have said, well, if you're playing the Cowboys, that's an easy win. And exactly. the Cowboys are second on the ladder, so you just you never know. It's just how things play out. I mean, a lot of people were going to pick the Sharks to be a team in the bottom eight this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Raiders are going to be back in the nine. The yep. Broncos were one of the worst teams in the comp for the last two years. Mm-hmm. They're now top eight side. There was only one expert I saw that was going to that picked them to do anything this year. One extremely smart, sexy expert. I don't remember picking them. How fucking dare you? <laughs> Hey, there's only one expert I know of that thought the Sharks are going to be a top eight side. I went, he's not sexy. <laughs> but, uh, obviously very smart and definitely very expert. Very expert. I tell you what, no one picked the Cowboys. Not one person. No, no. I genuinely had them people. sinking probably a bit lower towards the spoon area. Yeah, yeah. I think we both picked the West Tigers for the spoon. I think we had uh-huh. the Cowboys in the bottom three. Oh, no, I, you may be... I think I may have had either the the Dragons or the Warriors down there. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I stuck with the West Tigers because I was waning a little bit because I think I talked to you and and you'd you'd started telling me some things and I was like, but then I was like, no, I've got to go. But they weren't things about the West Tigers. They were things more about, do you really think that that squad's better than the West Tigers one by (laughs) enough? And you're sort of looking at it going, eh. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you're kind of just looking at two unflushed toilets trying to figure out which one had the more prettier poo. 
I, I didn't factor in that Tim Shanes was going to walk in with a gun and put two that's in the back of their head. That definitely threw things around. I think the Tigers yeah. would not be at the bottom of the ladder had they kept Madge on. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I think they'd probably be... I think they'd be probably fourth from bottom at worst. Well, I, yeah. You know? I, I I'm not going to say they were going to be much higher, but I reckon they'd no. probably be in the bottom three, but I wouldn't have thought they'd be last... Well, I would you have know. thought that they would have, they probably would have beaten the Titans, who were just diabolical. Yeah. Um, but the fact yeah. 75% of their wins this year were when Maguire was coach. There you go. There you go. Poor Noddy. Poor Noddy. Does not deserve that shit. Um, but there you go. Was there, have we had any emails? No, we haven't had any emails. Uh, if you want to send us in an email, send the email to podcast at leaguefreak.com. Uh, we will read your email out. You can ask us about football. You can ask us about life, uh, financial advice, whatever. Washing machines? Well, yeah. I, weirdly enough, people probably don't realise that you and me really into washing. Oh, yeah. yeah. We we Like, I actually enjoy washing, and you do heaps of it. So... What other things are we good? No, we can't go down that road. Sorry. <laughs> that was going to go down a really bad road for a second. I had to stop there. <laughs> I was going to say, what are, what are other things that people don't know are we good at that they can't? Um, well, you know, I've got two kids. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, it's been a good episode. We'll do our our um, preview for the upcoming round uh, tomorrow. Yep. So that'll be out tomorrow. And, uh, man. I, I am legit working on a history episode. Are you? Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you what it is after the podcast. Okay. Um, because we like to keep people in suspense. Yeah, it's been far, far too long. It has been, um, yeah. I've been... Dragging my feet on that a little bit. Been doing other sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I want to get back into the history stuff. So hopefully get a bit more of it out this year. Yeah. I, sometimes I feel guilty because we haven't done history episodes for a long time. And then I think, hang on, I'm not the fucking historian here, okay? That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. That shit's on my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've, I've got to pull my finger out and get that done. So uh, I've got Corey Norman around. <laughs> and uh he showed me the uh he showed me how the finger goes in and that's not what I wanted so I've I've done the opposite of what he was doing. You know the sound of Corey Norman completing a tackle? <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I wonder if that goes down as a as an effective tackle. <laughs> how do you put that in the stats? <laughs> it's definitely not one of them where they say, Oh, they're just grabbing jerseys, hey. Yeah, he's just not grabbing, yeah, anyway. Yeah. That's it. All righty. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, make sure you check us out on the socials on um, LinkedIn and Instagram. Sorry, LinkedIn. It's been a while since I've done this. Twitter yeah. Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, MySpace. So check us out on all of those. Um, if there's a social media platform that you think we should be on and we're not, let us know. You um, should get us onto that Donald Trump one. I can't. I, <laughs> truth, truth social, something like that. Let's get on. We'll try and get on all of them. Yeah, we'll yeah. try and get us so that our all of our profile pages and our websites and stuff just have fifty thousand fucking icons of every social media thing there is out there. <laughs> We're on them all. 
Spare the <laughs> shit out of it. Um, so, yeah, check us out everywhere. Please leave us comments. Um, share us around. That would be great. And we will catch you at our preview coming up uh, in the next day or so. Thank you. Catch you later. I'm a bit with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858.